Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin and to the year 2015. Happy New Year. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we welcome you all here, all persons regardless of religion, ethnic and racial origins, sexual orientations, abilities, or other circumstances. We extend a special welcome to our visitors this morning. We're glad you're here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine within each person. And so I invite you to greet the holy among us by turning to your left and right and wishing a good morning and a happy new year to the people near you. Please join me in saying the words for lighting our chalice, which you'll find in your order of service. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Our call to worship this morning was written by Sylvia Howe. We bid you welcome on this first Sunday of the new year. Like Janus, we gather with a part of us looking backward and part of us looking forward. We gather on the edge of the new year, saddened by our losses, cherishing our joys, aware of our failures, and mindful of days gone by. We gather on the cusp of this new year, eager to begin anew hopeful for what lies ahead, promising to make changes, anticipating tomorrows and tomorrows. We invite you to join our celebration of life, knowing that life includes good and bad, endings and beginnings. We bid you welcome. Unitarian Universalists are neo-pagans. We are Christians. We are humanists. We are Buddhist. And so sometimes people ask, well, coming from all those different traditions, what holds you together? I believe a lot holds us together. We share values and principles. We share a belief that that pluralistic interaction deepens all of our faiths. And here at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, we share a purpose. We share a mission. We put it on our wall and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls transform lives, and do justice. Our meditation reading this morning was written by Barbara Rohde, a Unitarian minister, and it's entitled, For the New Year. We gather together at the beginning of a new time. We stand on the edge of a wilderness that is a true wilderness. No one has entered it before us. Yet there is also that in us which causes us to face the unknown territory cautiously and anxiously. Now, in this place, we take time out of time to look back to see where we have been and what we have been, to reflect upon what we have learned thus far on our journey. We gather together to remind each other to seek for our true north and to encourage, to place courage in one another. When we leave this place, we must each find our true path. We must walk alone. But now and then we may meet. And when we meet, may we offer each other the bread of our being. And oh, my brothers, and oh, my sisters, if you hear me plunging wildly, despairingly through the thicket, call out to me, calm me. And if you find me sleeping in the snow, awaken me lest my heart turn to ice. 
And if you hear my music praising the mornings of the world, then in that other time, in the blackness of my night, sing it back to me. I invite you now into a time of silent reflection, prayer, or meditation. A time when we breathe together, knowing that together we can reach deeper places within ourselves than we can in our aloneness. We leave behind the worries of our daily lives and find a sense of quietness in this, our shared sacred space. We find a stillness. We find a spirit of life within us. Breathing together, let us enter that shared silence for a moment. In one of the first few classes that I took in seminary, the instructors led us through this exercise called the Big Assumption. Big assumptions are beliefs that we hold about ourselves that may be outside of our explicit awareness of them. Messages we got as kids, unconscious expectations or evaluations of ourselves that we absorb from our culture, Internalized judgments we can get from friends, family, and others in our lives. The exercise we went through to discover our big assumptions involved identifying a key life goal that was a struggle for us at the time. Then they led us through a process that helped us to determine what are the things that we were doing or not doing that were undermining our goal. What hidden competing commitments did we have that were causing us to behave in that way? And then finally, what was that underlying big assumption that was feeding those hidden commitments? Now here's the example they gave us to get us started. They talked about someone who says, I'm committed to stand up for myself more often when people make unreasonable demands of me. But then the person goes on to discover that I say yes to people even when I know I'm too busy, and I take on projects when others are really responsible for doing them. That's the goal and what they were doing that undermined it. The hidden competing commitments in this case might be, I try to avoid conflict. I try to get others to think well of me. And the big assumption might be something like, if I didn't do these things, no one would like me. It might simply be, I don't deserve respect. And then we did the exercise ourselves. When we had done it, we went around the room, and those who were willing to do so shared the assumptions that they had unearthed. It was a revealing and powerful experience. People very often in tears said things like, I don't deserve to be loved. I'll never be attractive enough. I'll never be a good enough parent to my daughter. Now they had done this exercises in churches throughout the nation, both UU churches and other denominations, and the instructors said that every time, whether it was religious leaders, clergy, lay people, the results were always very similar. The assumptions always involve some version of not 
enough. Don't deserve. I'll never be successful enough. I don't deserve to be. Or, I'll never do well enough to satisfy my parents. Or, I'll I'll never have enough house, the right car, the expensive stuff my television keeps telling me that I'm supposed to acquire. If we think about some of the messages we are constantly getting, it's easy to see how such assumptions could develop. For me, it was simply, I'm not good enough. Looking back on it now, it's not surprising to me that I might have had that assumption. Growing up as a gay kid in a small conservative town, I got a lot of that message. You see, though, as a minister in formation, the value for me in identifying it was that this assumption could lead me to engage in a kind of perfectionism, a reluctance to admitting to vulnerability. I had to do the work of letting that assumption go because a big part of doing ministry is to accept and even embrace vulnerability, to model appropriately expressing vulnerability, to create a sacred space where others may feel more comfortable doing so also. Brene Brown, a researcher in the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work, has studied people who have a strong sense of purpose and meaning in life, who feel worthy of being loved and have a strong sense of connection and belonging. What she found is that one of the things that they share is that they not only accept their vulnerability, they believe that it is part of what makes them beautiful as human beings. And that's the real issue with the big assumption. It's a lie. You are enough. You are worthy. You are deserving just as you are. Imperfections and vulnerabilities included. It doesn't mean we stop working to become more fully the best person we can be. It just helps us be in a place where we already know a deep sense of our inherent worth and dignity. In a moment, we're going to light our burning bowl to begin our annual ritual about letting go of things that hold us back. So I invite you now to start thinking about something you would like to let go of. Is there a big assumption that you've discovered that you'd like to release? If not, maybe there's a habit or something you've been doing that works against you, a competing commitment you'd like to let go. Maybe letting these go will reveal an assumption underneath. Here are some examples of things you might want to think about letting go. What other people think of you. Hoping to finally win an argument with mom, dad, a spouse, brother, sister, etc. The need to win an argument at all. Fixing other people. Trying to control things that can't be controlled. Needing to be the perfect spouse, parent, son, partner, daughter, friend, or whatever occupational role you feel. Any sound file that keeps running in your head saying, not enough. 
don't deserve. One of the values of doing a ritual like this is that it allows us to embody our thoughts and intentions, to make them concrete. It allows us to hold them in a much deeper place or to release something from that same deep place. What will you release during our burning bowl ritual this year? We begin with a poem Burning the old year. Letters swallow themselves in seconds. Notes, friends tied to the doorknob, transparent scarlet paper sizzle like moth wings, marry the air. So much of any year is flammable. List of vegetables, partial poems, orange swirling flame of days. So little is a stone. Where there was something and suddenly isn't, an absence shouts, celebrates, leaves a space. I begin again with the smallest numbers. Quick dance, shuffle of losses and leaves, only the things I didn't do crackle after the blazing dies. I'm going to invite Brooks Lewis, our fire master, for today's ritual to now light our burning bowl. Chris will begin some piano music for us, and then, as you feel moved to do so, please come forward. May your life, your spirit, be unburdened of that which you have burned here today. May you experience a lightness and a joy from having released it from that place deep inside. May you move into the new year with a deep and an abiding sense that you are enough. Inherently, you have worth. Now please join me in saying our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Now that you have let go of the things that needed releasing, hold on to the knowledge that there is a spark of the divine within you. Carry with you the love and sense of community we share in this sacred space. Carry with you a mind open to continuous revelation, a heart strong enough to break wide open, and a peace that passes all understanding. All blessings go with you until we gather here again. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.